0: Hi, I'm Brandon I'm the father of two beautiful girls and recently I looked around my house and saw that it was full of rainbows and unicorns and mermaids that's when I realized that this is my daughter's world and I'm just living in it What's up, girl dads? We're here with another fellow podcaster. We're here with Paul. He is the host of the Dad Stuff podcast. Uh, Paul, why don't you actually just say hello, give a quick introduction to yourself, and then we'll we'll jump into the topic we're discussing.
1: Hey, how you doing? Yeah, um, I'm the host of the Dad Stuff podcast. The show is about um, helping dads realize their mistakes in life, overcoming them, and being better dads in the end. Um, i you know, I've got an older daughter and a couple of grandkids and I've got two young children at home. And over the time of being the dad to the older daughter and the younger ones, I've you know, tried to just be better every day and, and see what I can do.
0: It's kind of all we can ask for. Right. It, it, and when it boils down to it, you can't can't expect perfection. All we can expect is that we get better every time we try. You I know, say that
1: same thing to my kids all the time. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Growth, growth, growth mindset. So you brought up this idea that I really like about the two extremes on dads and daughters. Uh, There's the one extreme where I think we're kind of, I think dad culture is trying to get out of, which is the the absentee father, the, you know, the breadwinner, but was at the bar drinking whiskey and smoking a cigar while the kid was born, you know, but wasn't there. And they, you know, they worked hard, but they didn't, they weren't necessarily part of everything. And, yeah. and so I think the culture pendulum is swinging away from that, and so that that's one extreme. But then, kind of on the other side of that is there's dads that uh, give their daughters everything, and you get the stereotypical daddy's girl," right, where they get go to dad, bat their eyes like like that you said they just bat their eyes and they get everything that they want. <laughs> right. But that's got that's got its own set of problems as well, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. You can't have um, your daughter being the one who's just going to think that everything in life is going to come easy if she has a a cute smile and bats Mm -hmm. her eyes, you know, even though she does. (laughs) She's the sweetest little girl, but, you know, and I can see that happening where, you know, you get to that place in life where, you know, if I just, you know, if I just smile real pretty at this guy, then he's going to give me what I'm asking for. And Mm -hmm. and that's not how I want her growing up believing, you know, she's powerful, she's strong, she's smart, she can do it, you know, without having someone give it to her.
0: Yeah, I like that. So have you had experiences in either one of those, those camps of with dads and daughters?
1: So with my, with my oldest daughter, um, and I, I'm, I'm, I've talked a little bit about it on my show is, um, I was kind of the absent father, Um, I wasn't um, in a relationship, a long relationship with her mom, Um, we were separated, you know, before she was born. So then, the growing up was the typical. I mean, I was in my twenties as well, you know. So the stereotypical, you know, every other weekend kind of dad, trying to make you know fun time during the weekends. But I wasn't. I wasn't there. I wasn't present for the daily stuff. You know, I wasn't changing diapers. I wasn't. You know, disciplining. I wasn't there for for the mm-hmm. stuff that matters. You know, and and, yes. and I see that now as I look back. You know, that's the stuff that matters. And I know, you know, you've talked about it in your show is being there for. I, I just listened to the the farts episode. You know, and those little <laughs> those little instances in life that really are the building block stuff. You know, so uh, every cute, Saturday yeah. morning, my daughter and I, my kids, uh, we go to uh, we get we grab a donut and we sit mm-hmm. in the bench outside the donut shop and we just sit in the sun and enjoy wow. a donut and chat and, you know, with those little quiet times, I think are the building blocks for relationships. So using that time is going to help, you know, and with my little girl now, she is that she's, she's just adorable. She's six years old. And, uh, you know, she's got these big brown eyes and curly hair and she can just look at you and melt you down. And it's tough, but I, I really am aware of, of, of what that, um, what that does as far as her growing up, you know, if she does get everything she wants, then there's no boundaries established.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, uh, My brother, I have an older brother, and he has boys and a girl. And so he had his boys, and so he was, you know, like dad on boys. We're hard on boys. It's just one of those things that's we we know what we're capable of, and so we we push that on our boys. And then his daughter came along, and she just melted him down, you Mm -hmm. know. And then there's me. I didn't have any boys, so all I had was girls, and and so I didn't know any different, you know. So I I've been raising my girls you know, like boys, because I I was, I was in a house of all boys. Like i never had girls growing up. We were just, it was just all boys all the time. So it was a rowdy rough housing, you know, pretty hard kind, not hard. You know, I didn't grow up on the streets or something, but (laughs) you know, like uh, like disciplinary tough boy stuff, you know, the old older school boy uh, childhood. So that's all I knew, you know? And, And so I, I haven't had to deal with that girls kind of batting their eyes at me and just kind of melting because i was like i don't i don't have anything different to compare it to right so it just they don't it doesn't work on me all that much but on the other side what i have to do is remember that they're different than boys right girls you can't you can't just be more aggressive and get them to do what you want or or anything like that they respond so much differently they respond to different language and uh body language and, and things. That I never considered. And so it, it's definitely been a learning process. And with it's like a as we were saying, it's a pendulum. There's the two extremes. And it seems like the more I interact with them, that kind of swings back and forth and gets closer and closer to the middle, the longer we go. And so it's that's been my experience is that it I haven't had the my girls don't get what they want. Like it sucks for them. Like I, I'm sure they wish <laughs> they could just like like push that around, but unfortunately they didn't they didn't get that part. So it's, right. um, but it's, so if there's, if there's one thing that you learned from, from your two experiences, so you kind of said you have an older daughter and a younger daughter and working on getting better every time, what is, uh, like, what is some of the, the biggest things that you've learned from those two different experiences?
1: I've really learned how, how differently, like even at her age, my six-year-old, just knowing that I'm there, knowing that Mm -hmm. if she needs something that I'm, I'm, I'm present and I'm around to, to help fulfill whatever, you know, she needs at that time. I can see the difference between just her interactions with me and my older daughter, you know, when, with my older daughter, she would, there was times in, in her life, you know, where she was going through different things where she'd come and stay with me and my, and my wife and make different plans to be, you know, more involved in our lives. And then for whatever reason they fell through or she decided to do something differently. But even those times when I'm around her, there is a, a disconnect, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there is that, you know, kind of like you're you're having lunch with a stranger kind of thing, because we mm-hmm. don't have that background. You know, we don't have that knowledge of each other that, that growing up and with someone um, present would do. Whereas with my daughter, um, you know, my six-year-old, we've got those, I mean, even at her age, we've got the little inside jokes, you know what I mean? Like the little things that I can say and she'll giggle and laugh and know that it was about something before, you know, or, or we can play little jokes in each other, like um, kind of back to your, your farts episode is yeah. we, I like to make a noise and I'll say, Oh, Gigi, was that you? And she's like, no, I don't have the tutti booty. You have, the <laughs> booty. you yeah. know what I mean? Like those are the little teeny tiny little things that are the building blocks for what I hope is, you know, a future relationship where, when she's, and I've said about my son too, you know, I want them to be able to come to me at six and nine and be able to talk about things so that when they're mm-hmm. 16, when they're 19, when they're 26, when they're 29, they're still coming to me and talking right. to me. So right. we set that foundation now and it's through trust and it's through, it's through boundaries. It's through letting them know that yeah. you're not going to be there to to be a pushover, but you're going to, you're going to help them when they need help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's a phrase that I use a lot. It's, uh, confidence comes from consistency, right? So your consistent presence there builds confidence in them that you will be there.
1: And that's so, it's so ki- true.
0: it's kind yeah. of like walking on a tightrope, you know, if there's no net, they're going to be real cautious and real risk averse. But if there's always a safety net there and that's unquestionable, they can be bold. They can be courageous. They can maybe make a step that they wouldn't have done that fear would have held them back from because there's that safety net there. There's something that has been consistent in my life forever and it's not going away and I can count on that thing. And that, like you said, that just comes from being there. It's not about right. doing, it's not about, you know, doing anything miraculous. It's about consistency. It's about being there on, again, I'm using that word over and over again, but on a consistent basis, it's and true. their though. confidence will grow there. You know, that's all it it's- is.
1: It is difficult, though. I mean, it is difficult to oh, be yeah. consistent. It is difficult to be there. You know, um, in your description of, of the of the old stereotype of dads, I, I think about watching the, the Mad Men series, mm. you know, and that was the typical dad. You know, he would come, he would work, you know, 12, 16 hours a day, come home, have a whiskey and and ask the mom how the kids were that day. And there's no interaction there.
0: Right.
1: So that's I mean, it's easy to just be in your own lane and doing your own thing, going to work and focusing on your own life it's difficult to to make that time to prioritize that time and say, you know, this is going to be time for my kids, I'd rather sleep in and, and hang out and, and watch TV in the mornings, but I get up on Saturday, and I take them for a donut, you know, it's simple yeah. as that is, it's consistent, and they do it. And hopefully, you know, that's that, it's that example that builds over time, they look at in their own lives, when they go look mm-hmm. for their own partner, or they look for someone in their life, who's going to be someone to help either raise kids with or, or build a life yeah.
0: with. And I love that. I love that donut story, too. Like, So there's a lesson dads do something consistent and and be committed to it for the long haul, you know, like even just going and getting a donut and sitting on a bench with your kid on a, like, if we think about it, when we're gone, what those kids are going to remember is sitting on a bench, eating a donut. Yes. Like when it all goes down, like, I'm not trying to be morbid or anything bad, but but like when she said, she's going to go sit on a park bench with a donut because that is where she knew her dad. And that's something that she can have forever and right. so man i love that you do that i encourage everybody all dads to do something like that commit to them and be consistent like you said it's it's simple but it's not easy correct you know simple things are often the most difficult so paul i love it man that's great stuff why don't you let everybody know where to find you where they can reach out to you uh where to listen to your podcast all, all the good stuff
1: sure i would love it if um they check it out. It's the dad stuff podcast. Um, It's on all uh, podcast platforms. You can find Apple and Google and Amazon and Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a Twitter presence at the dad stuff pod. And uh, if you want to email me, then I'm at the dad stuff podcast at gmail.com. And I really appreciate your time today. And this has been um, a great, a great experience,
0: man. I love it. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for listening, folks. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with all those grill dads you know. I just want to give one last quick shout out to Inkledoo. Thank you for making this podcast possible. Uh, I encourage all of you to please go get some of their delicious coffee or join into one of their meaningful conversations. you can find Inkledo Podcast everywhere that podcasts are streamed.